Welcome to You Go Boy Podcast. I am Mario Javon Shaw, your host and co-founder of You Go Boy Podcast. Um, shout out to Nigel, um, who uh, is the co-founder still, you know, but I'm here doing a hosting solo dolo, but it is super, super fun. And today we have an amazing guest, uh, Xavier Henderson. Yay! Hey, hey, hey. How's everything going? Hey, things are good. I can't complain. I'm well. How's everything with you? I am doing well. Um, you know, definitely MLK day. Uh, hey. Day on, not a day off. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but I was, and I actually was on. I, I work today. Okay. Um, okay. In an office, you know, a conference, our conference is coming up for Profound Gentlemen. So I can't take a day off. I've been working yeah. every weekend and stuff, but I like to finish a lot of things early for yeah. that. Yeah. Shout out to Profound Gentlemen, by the way. Right. The excellent work. Uh, Thank you very much. Right. So it's very interesting how me and Xavier met. But first, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us where uh, you're from so that we can get acquainted with you, so the audience can get acquainted with you. And then we're going to do a new segment for You Go Boy podcast. And Xavier is going to be the first one to participate. All right. What's up, y'all? My name is Xavier Henderson, and I'm from Dallas, Texas, and I'm the co-founder of an organization here in Dallas called Four Oak Cliff. It's named after our neighborhood, and I'm the director of strategy. Um, and every day, uh, we we focus on uh, responding to the unique needs of our neighborhood through edu- education, advocacy, and community building. Um, and today, yes. in fact, since we had a day on, we actually uh, hosted. <laughs> Uh, uh, an event at our community garden. So we have a community garden in uh, one of the last remaining premium towns in Dallas. And we had about 40 or so students from HBCU here in the city called Paul Quinn. And we just did a neighborhood cleanup and a garden cleanup. And I uh, just spent the morning, uh, you know, working with kids and students. So it was a good day. And I'm glad to be on the podcast with you today. Yes, Mark. that is awesome. Yeah, I'm really uh, uh, just appreciative of the things that you do, but you know, we'll definitely get to more specifics about mm-hmm. your work and how you actually got there. Um, that's the cool thing about this podcast is we take um, CEOs and often make them feel like everyday people. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, so many people talk and ask uh, me about my life and, you know, what do I do as a CEO and a co-founder for organization? Simple. Eat, sleep, shit. You know, do whatever I need to All do. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, we are going to do our first new segment of of You Go Boy podcast, and it's basically like Family Feud, like Fast Money Round. And <laughs> what oh, you're going to do is respond to your season questions, uh-huh. and there are some points associated with these questions but i don't know if i'll really do the points we'll see but i'm gonna ask you to see the questions as long as i'm able to be like hey can we edit this out (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna ask you like five questions just like um on family feud you're gonna have i don't know how many seconds to answer it but you're just gonna answer them okay um and we're gonna see how you respond to these cool All all right all right Let's go with the first question and then come up whatever your response is immediately. Like, come up with that. This is exciting, by the way. I'm actually quite excited. (laughs) This is very unexpected. Right? (laughs) I'm excited about this, too. So, okay, the first question is, where do kids nowadays spend most of their time? 
on their cell phones. Okay. Tell me something many people do uh, just once a week. Yo, just want work out. All right. Um, name a reason a person might wake up at two in the morning. To take the dog out. The puppy specific. <laughs> name something you might eat with the hamburger. Fries. <laughs> and last question. Name something you haven't done since high school gym class. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, dang. Um this is a very specific memory. Every gym class, we had to change into red shorts and a white shirt. So oh, shit. I, I guess that. Um, okay. Okay. So we're going to go from backwards to top. Okay. And we're going to give you your, we're going to give you a score. So when we said name something you hadn't done since high school gym class, uh-huh. you said change, you know, so like, Okay, what type of school did you, did you go to? A public school, private school? Yeah. No, I went to a public school. And it had y'all wear these like specific red shorts. Yeah, we had to wear. We had. I mean, it was any brand of red shorts that you were gonna buy, or whatever. But you had to wear red shorts and a white t-shirt to gym. Was y'all school colors red? It, they were. They were red in Columbia. Blue. It's like okay, but where are y'all <laughs> going? Who are y'all going after y'all wear those red? I don't know. Sure, it's, it's the dumbest damn. What's interesting is I can't think of anything else that happened in that class. I do finally <laughs> remember having to change. Um, okay. And that was back in the day when baggy clothes were in, so you know, the shorts on underneath. Oh, that's <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, wait, yeah. you are like shorts underneath your yes. regular pants. And, and, and me and my friends laugh about it sometimes. Yeah, it's because like you were on the go. You were ready to play basketball or whatever. At any time. At any time, like, and then you were in, and and look, this might be TMI or whatever, but like, you're in, you're in high school and middle school during this time. Yes, hygiene now becomes a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you're sweaty, you sweaty mother. Oh yeah. I don't like to really say the f word on here, but you sweaty mother, like like on hoop nuts, like for sure. All day. Oh my god, that's horrible. And then and that's what people used to do. It was the you used to go to gym and you used to put back on your yep, clothes. Same clothes. Oh, nobody hell. was showering. Are you crazy? Nobody even like that's horrible. Yeah. So, so I, I hope that answer lends me enough points, right? Like you did. You got three points for that. Yeah, appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Name something you might eat with a hamburger. You said Come on. French fries. That's a hundred yes. or something. Thank you. But. One thing I want you guys to know is that Xavier is a vegetarian. I am. Uh, alleged vegetarian, to be okay, flat honest with you. I actually had a Beyond Beef burger today. Which those are amazing. Based. They are. But they are. I don't know, like, I don't know when they're done. Like, because they're supposed to still look a little pink in the inside, right? Yeah, it's definitely uh, like a balance you have to strike when you're actually preparing your own. Because I don't quite know when they're done either. So this mother is eating raw beans, basically, because <laughs> I don't know what the what the Beyond Burger is. You eating raw beans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my I, god! I will say, watching your Instagram, I started using liquid smoke, which maybe I should have been using, but I don't look at that's a novel idea. Obviously. Liquid smoke is like the best thing ever. But the thing is, when I was actually a meat eater years ago, I would use it all the time. I don't know why in the heck I wasn't using it on my... Yes, definitely on spinach. I love liquid smoke on spinach. Uh, I'm going to try it. I absolutely love it on spinach. So name a reason 
a person might wake up at two in the morning. You said to take the dog out. Yeah. And no answer there. Yeah. But Xavier is you're in puppy mode, right? Like you're yes, about to I'm get a, a puppy. My birthday is in two weeks and we pick up this dog. It's a golden doodle. Me and my sister are both getting one, so we're getting it from the same litter. I'm getting a boy, she's getting a girl. And yes. because we wanted to name it after black sitcom characters, that's what our family used to do growing up. I we chose Living Single, and mine is going to be named Overton, and hers is going to be named Sinclair. I love it. Yeah. And small fact, too, Xavier's family, y'all have a, a monkey in y'all family. <laughs> we do. This an old-ass monkey at that, because how old is the monkey? Ayana, we've had her since I'm since I was four, so I'm about to be 28. So she's been in the family for years. Ayana. Um, is Ayana, yeah. She's a capuchin <laughs> monkey, yep. If you've seen Hangover 2, it's the exact same monkey in that movie. So, like, whose monkey is this, though? It's my god sister's. And this monkey, just, it, she is starting to look old, though. Like, she's looking a little bit yeah. older in the face. A little bit. You know, she's not as, you know, quick as she used to be. She doesn't get into as much... Uh, stuff that she used to. She just kind of chills, man, you know? So uh, who said, the- like, yes to, like, this monkey, though? And where did y'all get it from? Like, um, So my god sister, after she graduated from college, um, I, I don't know if it was before she went to nursing school or right as she in, uh, enrolled, but... But who the hell gets a monkey me. before going to school? Oh, I mean, she, she had already graduated college. Look, you got to ask her. I thought it was a great idea. I was a kid, and I was the coolest kid at show and tell. Uh, so I, it followed me for a while, actually. There's this friend of mine who's, who, who makes it a point to tell everybody, oh, he's, that's monkey guy. He has a monkey. Like, oh my God. I'm telling everybody that, but, um, and it didn't help when I pledged Alpha too. Like she had a blast with that actually. But, oh my um, yeah. goodness. And I love it. It's, it's, it's a, it's a great pet. She, we drove out. I remember it was a far drive somewhere in the country on one of these, like, exotic animal farms or something like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, we all went out there, me, my older sister, one of my best friends, uh, my godmother, my god sister, we just all drove out there. She picked it up. and uh, For the first few weeks, we were giving it bottles and then it started eating everything we ate from fruits to cereal to even meat. <laughs> the monkey was eating meat? Yeah. Can monkeys eat meat though? I guess so. I mean, if you think about it, in their natural habitat, they do at least eat insects, some of them. And then I know that some, yeah, so, so I, I'm not as wild as you, so don't ask me, actually. Let me not even try to position myself. Black like man with a damn monkey. Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I, I think it's mean. cool, but at the same time, <laughs> like, I, I, have you ever seen the movie Monkey Trouble? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, dude. one of that my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. But, like, and I always wanted a monkey, but then in my adult life, I'm like, hell no, like, like what? What does the monkey end up doing? Like when I'm gone, like because the monkey has a cage, right? Yeah, you leave it in the cage. And yeah. does the monkey like fall asleep? I mean, it. If you give it toys, just like you do a dog. It plays with its toys. You give it food. It eats. Sometimes it sleeps. Um, it just imagine what most pets do while you're gone throughout the day, and just picture a monkey. It's a little bit more active, I would imagine. But we leave the TV on for it. Um, but okay, so does a monkey then also have? Okay, we need to get out this monkey talk. But like, hey, we but, can talk monkey as long as you I want. know, right? But does <laughs> this monkey, like, does it have, like, when you ta- let it out its cage, uh-huh. like when you let Ayana out her cage, like, right. does she like then start getting into things, or do she act like a dog and just come and sit like next to you? 
No, no. She so she used to have this habit of getting into things so much so that you had to like prepare before Ayana would get out. So it's like putting the snacks up. Um, you of course she has like a diaper on and stuff like that, so you don't have to worry about that. Now, for the most part, she likes going where all the people are. Like we would be hanging out in the den watching TV. Now she might run around for a couple of minutes or so, but she's gonna come and gravitate towards us. And she'll sit in somebody's lap. And then she does a thing like you you might see this on TV when the monkeys are going through your head, you go yeah. through each other's head, they do it to us too. So they'll sit there, they might take out your dandruff or whatever. Um, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, we always give her a snack or something. So as long as she has something to eat, she'll just chill with you. She'll be snacking on her uh her biscuit or whatever we gave her, and she'll just kick it. That's literally it. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Next topic. This is crazy <laughs> to me. Tell me Side something. Note, Des Bryant has the same exact monkey too. I just want to throw that in though. Des Bryant for the Cowboys. He used to play for the Cowboys. Oh if yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the same exact monkey too. For anybody that's trying to get a visual for what we have. Oh my god. So like, are there different types of monkeys then? Um. Yeah. I, yes. Uh, I'm so not sure. So what type of like, monkey do y'all have? One more time, and then we about to get off of this topic. <laughs> All right. It's a capuchin. A capuchin monkey. Capuchin. I don't know how to spell capuchin it. Capuchin monkey. Yeah, capuchin. My bad, I'm a little country sometimes. That with my accent. So this is like, I never seen one of these. Yes, I have. I'm sure Yo, you have. I just don't like. Hell no, I don't want no monkey for real. And I feel like they could bite you. They they can, they can. Do have she ever bite you? She bit me one time when I was in sixth grade. And they try to blame it on me, but I don't think it was my fault. She was asking for me to like, she was sort of like gesturing for me to pick her up and she was pulling on my finger. And I don't know why I was like, no, nah, I got stumped. Whatever I had to do in sixth grade, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So she pulled me back down and bit my index finger. I actually still have the scar. Um, so wait, it, it made you bleed? Oh uh, yeah, yeah it's got some it was tea. that bad. Yeah, dog. Yeah, Hell dog. nah, shit. <laughs> I'll be sleeping thinking that monkey about to attack me. Yeah, okay. they need a lot of discipline. But yeah, we've been talking about this for a minute. But they do need. Dude, a- uh, all right, like, uh, <laughs> like how do you even train them? Okay, let's let, let's just keep on going. So tell me something. Many people do just once a week. You said, uh, I forgot because I got. Stuck I said workout. I said workout. Workout. Um. And wrong answer too. Like oh. you're damn, you're just not good at this. Okay, that was <laughs> number one answer is church, and second answer is grocery shopping. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then where do kids spend most of their time? You said cell so. phone, but where, not what? Uh, so you got zero points for there. So you got a total of sixty-three points. Like I would be pissed oh. if you was on my team and for Family Feud. Like so. Upset. Okay, so first off. Uh, if I was on your team, I'd have a lot more time to prepare. You sprung this on me. I'm the first <laughs> person to do this. I guarantee I would do better the next time. Mm-hmm. But Family Feud is is fast. It is. It is. You're right. Okay. I won't make excuses. You're right. Okay. Last question. I want to go back one question to the monkey thinking because I'm just <laughs> fascinated again. Do you? How do you train the monkey? And and do you go to like a little session to train the monkey? You know, honestly. I don't know the answer to that question because I was just the little brother in all of this. So I didn't handle any training whatsoever. Damn, this man. is all of my God sister. And I wouldn't say that you like teach it tricks or, uh, or anything like that. It's more so like 
making sure that it has some sort of respect for an authority so it just doesn't go wild. So it respects my God sister and my Godfather. Uh-oh. That, nobody can do it. I'm not going to you. Dang, okay. Well, that was good. Okay, so guys, that's our first segment. Normally in this segment, we usually do the part where we talk about um, – you know, just these random questions that the audience members are asking, but y'all haven't been really submitting any questions. So at the end of the day, I wanted to do some questions for our, uh, for our guest. And so we have Xavier doing this family feud fast money for the first time. Thank you so much. That was great. Yay. (laughs) And we learned so much about him. And so we're going to go on to the second path after this commercial break where we will be able to get to learn more um, about Xavier maybe even some more monkey talking monkey business Um, (laughs) but I think it's going to be really cool Um, so we'll be back with you go boy podcast thank you so much for participating in the fast Yeah, you. Have you heard of Huey's son? Wow. You have not heard of Huey's son? It's this great pro-black accessories brand for millennials. From pins to bracelets to tie clips and more. Huey's sons for the modern for the modern revolutionary. You know that is hard to say, but I gotta put it in there. Check them out at Huey'sson.com or Instagram. That's Huey's son. H-U-E-Y. S-S-O-N-S dot com. What will you be wearing during a revolution? Huey's son. All right, welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. Again, I'm here with Xavier. Listen, even during our break, I had some more questions about this damn <laughs> monkey. I, like, got stuck in the monkey talk because um, it's just, like, fascinating to me. As a kid, I always wanted to have a monkey, but I just knew my parents were not going to have it. Like, I just... Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so you... he So, okay, look. Xavier just lifted his arms up <laughs> around... Oh, around oh, but, but, like, the thing is, like, have you been working out? I have. I have. <laughs> I, wasn't even, okay, I forgot who I'm talking to. <laughs> you you going to point it out. I know, um, right? I, I have been. I, this, I've been working out pretty consistently. I can see. <laughs> damn, that's amazing. Like, his arms, Xavier, Xavier, when I met him, and I guess this would go, this, this like, leans itself into, like, how we met. Xavier mm. was, like, a stick. <laughs> a little bit of a stick. Like when I met you, like what, two, uh, three years ago, right? Yeah, I feel like that was two or three now. Three years yeah. ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now Xavier, you got guns. I mean, look, I don't, I don't try to do this. I just want to ma- maintain, you know, 
what I got. You know, I just be in the gym every day. That's it. Not every day. I don't even know why I said that. But But how many, how many, okay, so how many times a week? Do you go once a week with your dumb ass answer that you had (laughs) for the thing to the gym? How often do you go? So first off, I go Monday through Friday. I said that once a week because, you know, show sometimes people just go that's, once a week. Hell, Xavier. And, and Look, so you go five times a week. Don't, don't be critiquing my family. Well, shows, listen, right? <laughs> <laughs> your ass, you only got 63 points. Again, I would be upset if you were on my team. <laughs> okay. I want you to do it. I want to see what you get. No, I don't know. <laughs> Shit. I, w- I, w- I would do well because I think random anyway. So, like, I don't know. Maybe next mm-hmm. time. You come back on for a part two. Maybe you'll do the questions. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I like that idea. Like that idea. <laughs> so Xavier and I met, I want to say actually it had to be three years ago. Three to four years ago, actually, not two to three years ago. Um, yeah. Yo, actually, you know what? It had to be four years ago because it was the second year of Profound Gentlemen. Okay. It was the second year of PG, and we're in our, fourth, we're in our fifth year now. Yeah, I'm about to say, that sounds right, because it is 2020 now. Yes. Now, three to four sounds more like. Yes. So me and Xavier was at a conference, school leaders of color mm-hmm. conference. No. Mm-hmm. It was. Was it school leaders of color? Yes. And color, at yeah. the time, Xavier, and this is hosted by Teach for America. And at the time, mm-hmm. Xavier was working for Teach for America yep. in the alumni yep. department, which is why you was there then. That makes sense now. Yep. That was yep. like, I thought we met at the, um, at like the nonprofit conference that they had. Um, but I was going up the elevator. Xavier was just coming down. And we met in that moment. Mm-hmm. And because Xavier had this fly-ass book bag. It was, was that a Henley book bag? Do you still have that book bag? It, I do. It's actually right here in my office. Do you still use that book bag? I do. I definitely And it has do. flowers on it. Or is it like it's... Yeah. It's floral print. Yep. It's floral, floral print. print. It's a, it's a Herschel it, bag. Yeah. You said what? Herschel. Herschel's the brand. Herschel. I'm talking about him. Yeah. Herschel. Yeah. Yeah. The Herschel brand. Listen, I don't buy name brand shit. And I know them Herschel <laughs> book bags cost a lot of money. Mine was um, a good. They do talk about Okay. Cost a lot, but yeah. Mine but how much, how much was it on average? Because I am thinking about getting a new book bag. I think they're like 80 or something like that. I just uh, might get me a, a Herschel book bag just to yeah. splurge, just to yeah. feel good about myself. Because they last yeah, a long time, too. They do last a long time. Okay, let me get back on topic. Because um, <laughs> I was about to be like, uh, how long did it take for you to, for it to ship and all those type of things? Um, but, yes. Tell I said, hey. No, I love when this happened. Oh, wait. Hey, babe, come back. Edna. <laughs> oh, oh she's down. That was David's girlfriend. I love when this happened on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know if we could pause it. And, no, no, no. Um, I actually uh, keep it yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, think it's fair funny. enough. It's in there now. Yes. So Xavier and I met like in between like him going on the elevator, me coming off no, him coming off the elevator, me coming up. Either way, go we met at the elevator. And it was like, yo, I like your book bag. Yo, you got good vibes and energy. Let's exchange numbers. And we exchanged numbers and we have been friends ever since. Which mm-hmm. is super, super dope. Um, and then like we like doing the school leaders of color conference, uh, which is the best conference that Teach for America has every year, mm-hmm. uh, which is coming up. Are you going to the conference this year? I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it this year. Okay. I'm making some other trips, but I don't think I'll be able to make it this year. Okay, I would okay. like to. Do you know where it's at? It's in Vegas this year. 
It's in Vegas. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. I did. Five hour <laughs> damn flight from Charlotte. But anywho, be there as in May. So we. This is what I love about like last last episode of You Go Boy podcast. Uh, me and Daniel just met through DMing each other. And I was like, yo, he has good energy, he has good vibes on his social media page. Let's connect. Same thing with Xavier, but more so in person, right? And like how Instagram give you a snippet of people's life. Same thing as the elevator pitch. Like we both, in a sense, share like, well, what do you do? What do you do? In like three, four minutes. And it was so funny because like at that time, teach for, we had I had just got like Forbes under 30, I want to say. At that time, no, the year after, I think I got it. Either way, go. I feel like it was a lot of attention around profound gentlemen. And yeah. so at the School of Color Conference, I was dog-ass tired when I met Xavier. Like, actually, after, I, after like, where I was going was to find a corner to, like, oh. just relax because I was just so tired and just overwhelmed by, like, people just coming up to me and, like, yo, like, profound gentlemen, da 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 And I'm grateful, but it was just a lot. So after that, uh, Xavier was telling me he had this nonprofit that he was starting. And I was like, yo, like, how can we continue to connect? Um, We continue to see each other at different conferences. And then last year you launched your nonprofit Mm -hmm. and called for Oakland. And then Xavier uh, attended our uh, nonprofit retreat called Go. Um, and for Profound Gentlemen, and he was our guest speaker for our retreat where we had about uh, 15 of our guys just to hear about Xavier's story. And mm-hmm. I love Xavier's story so much. And since then, that was in October of 2019. Since then, I was like, yo, I got to get Xavier on a podcast for people to hear his story because it's just so powerful how you even got that. to Oakleaf, uh, for, yeah. to start for Oakleaf and everything. Um, yeah. He doesn't appreciate it but i like to call him (laughs) this really really community driven person um he has that nipsey hustle mindset um seriously uh and and xavier i was like ah no yeah Yeah, but i'm glad you said thank you this time because i'm trying to take your advice and just take the compliment take the compliment but he does like everybody in in dallas knows this guy um in a sense, like, I'd be like, have you had a folk uncle? Yeah, Xavier. And then, like, his business partners. Everybody know y'all. And I love wow. it so much because you guys are doing some amazing work. But before we get to that work, I really want to know, how did you grow up? How did you grow up? What was your, what was your life growing up? You grew up in Oakleaf, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I Talk started about in Oakland. You had a monkey, first of all. I know that part. But, like, outside <laughs> of the monkey, what else the hell did you have? <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up uh, here in Dallas. I uh, was born and raised. And uh, I had two parents. Uh, so I always named that because, you know, there's there's different privileges yeah. associated with growing up in a two-parent household. Yeah. One of which had a degree. So there's obviously access that comes with that. The other didn't, but had two loving parents, had two older sisters. I'm the baby. Um, yeah, we grew up in Oak Cliff, and then we moved to this neighborhood called Pleasant Grove, which they're like rival neighborhoods out here. Both are um, impoverished and under-resourced in, in incredible ways. We're trying to do some things to change both. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I'm, that's all I've really known is living in the hood, with the exception of going to college, right, where you spent those four years and uh what felt like a completely different uh world but yeah um, 
yeah, man, I grew up and attended public schools my entire life. And yeah. usually what I tell folks is it was my experiences of where I grew up and where I went to school that yes. sort of led me towards this work of uh, like community organizing and uh, education and trying to uh, build resources with the community, right? Because a lot of the times, even as a kid, like I would see efforts as see folks come in and uh, say what was wrong and how we weren't trying hard enough or how mm-hmm. we didn't care. Um, and I, I always hated that blame, you know, the onus being put in, put on yeah. us. Ever felt like folks were sensitive to the to the systemic yes. ways in which we were neglected and oppressed. Wow. And I've always had a sensitivity towards that. Um, anytime folks are putting the onus on people of color and folks that are marginalized, it's like, nah, fam. There's a system that's impacting them, so don't yes. don't just blame us. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm I love about. Yes. And what I love about what you're saying that immediately just gave me chills is that typically, you know, Xavier and I both taught, um, you know, through Teach for America. And one of the things I remember listening to a student who was doing a uh, speech for Teach for America, it's, it's online, but he said, you know, I didn't know that I was poor until my teachers told me, you know, and I think about that because it's like we oftentimes put these images or these labels on kids and communities when they're just doing fine. Right. Um, obviously, you know, things can be quote unquote under resource, um, but there's a system behind that, but the people itself, nothing is wrong with the people, you know? And I think if we could focus more on really appreciating people, that's why I, you know, I'm a people driven person. I love people. I, I think, um, I was just telling someone that we're the only species like, you know, I, I think I was looking at uh, my dog Copa, like when we were, we were um, on like a trail, I was walking him. And as soon as he saw another dog, he's like, Oh my God, it's another dog, you know? And we would continue to walk. And I saw a couple of deers and I saw how like the deers were hurting with one another. And like, mm-hmm. once that deer saw another deer, it's like, Oh my God, it's another deer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's like for people, we avoid, looking at each other we avoid mm-hmm. communicating with each other and i felt that was like strange so like for 2020 my goal is to smile you know those that you know that white people smile when they just like now show teeth they just like <laughs> <laughs> they just have that grin i want to do the black people smile right like i don't want to do the white people smile but i do want to do like the black people smile like every time i see a black person i want to smile like yo yeah. i see you that was another black you. person you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh my God. Or like, uh, like today I saw uh, a black male at Trader Joe's. Uh, yeah. I went shopping and then I had to go to Target, which I did meet my $50 copay limit. Because I swear Target always get your ass. Um, <laughs> but like when I saw him at I know Target, you love Target I, by the way. <laughs> I love Target and I love their popcorn. They popcorn so damn good. Um, <laughs> but I smiled at him, like, actually, so I smiled at him at Trader Joe's, and then he grinned at me, you know, at, at Target. That don't mean nothing. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's that nod, you know what I mean? Like, it was that mm-hmm. black male nod and that grin, like, yo, I see you, you yeah, see me. Yeah. There's a thing with that, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's a beautiful thing that we need to, like, start to do more of, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and definitely in communities of color. Mm-hmm. Stop mm-hmm. calling them, you know, in private communities of color. You know, yeah. and, and and one thing that I definitely got out of what you were just saying was that, you know, you and, and I still see this with your company and we're going to get to that part. But you do a great job at seeing the community for what they are able to contribute 
versus the deficit, Mm -hmm. you know, their deficit. You know, you do an excellent job at doing that. Um, And and it sounds like from a very young age, you were able to start doing that. Who taught you how to focus on the community's assets and what Mm -hmm. they bring in a value versus Mm -hmm. the opposite? Yeah. You know, that's an interesting question because I wouldn't say there was just one individual that was teaching that explicitly, right? But I think mm-hmm. there were things that you would just see just as a matter of living, right? Like my my mother was a, uh, a connoisseur of fine black art, right? So we have tons of black art from local artists uh, all mm. throughout the neighborhood. We'd be attending different festivals. Like Dallas has this thing called Harambe Fest. And, yes. And every year, like it's not only art, but it's like games, things just for the community. My parents yeah. met there, right? So that's mm-hmm. the type of parents that I grew up with. But in general, though, there was just this um, intentional uh, effort to always do things and recognize like the, the the gifts that were around. Like, and it's it's fascinating. And if I had to pick one person, I'd say it was my mom for sure to yeah. answer the question. If I had to pick one person, it'd definitely be my mother. Um, because, in, and she passed away a few years ago in 2015, but mm-hmm. uh, she was somebody who would uh, sort of affirm the, that sort of, those sorts of things, right? She mm-hmm. would affirm the blackness. Like, I was talking to one of my older cousins, and uh, she was telling this a story about my mom that I had never heard. My cousin, mm-hmm. is, uh, she's really dark-skinned, and she said, you know, my mother was the first person to ever affirm her, like, her, her skin mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In, a, in a family that sort of That's always it. talks about light skin complexion but yes my mother was the first person to ever affirm her and like they're not even blood like my mother married into the family right so yeah like for her to have that connection and memory of her so if i had to say anybody to answer the question it'd be her yes uh, somebody who, who who lived that in every way so part of that sauce of what i'm hearing mm-hmm. is affirmations Absolutely. and when you and so affirming people mm-hmm. and there is something so powerful about affirming people, right? Like mm-hmm. when somebody affirms me that I, uh, that I value and, and, and I, and, and let me just say this, I value somebody who affirms me and I value that, that they affirm me is not what they do, but it's how they do it. Right? Like I look mm-hmm. at how people live their life. And when mm-hmm. that specific person affirms me, I'm like, yo, like, like how they live their life is so dope that I'm appreciative of what they bring to the, to my life and, and, and what they see in my life, you know, and that, that energy that they see in my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. And I think that your mom did a great job at sharing with you, like not only affirming with other people, but like, again, affirming you like affirming who you are as a person you know and how did that go how did that play out how did those affirmations play out through middle school and high school you know you had the the dumbass red shorts (laughs) (laughs) i can imagine little xavier out there you know i mean hooping xavier and i like the same height so if y'all know me i'm like five six would you like five six five five i'm probably five 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 yeah i'm five six on a good day yeah, on the seven Tim's, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, right. Um, and so, like, Zay, are you? Were you the ace of your line? 
I was, yes, I was definitely okay. in my life. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, hey, um, I bet you, you got a little shade in it. You know, I was like, <laughs> nobody's shorter than me on this line. Man. I hope <laughs> shit, uh, but there are some shorter people, maybe. There are. There um, are. but Xavier, I think that there's this piece of, you know, affirming that you perhaps got through middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Um. How did that, you know, in middle school, high school, you get into mischievous, you know, type of activities. Mm -hmm. How did you get back to that affirmation? Because all of us have those moments. And, you know, if you want, share those moments, but, Mm -hmm. you know, of of your mischief. But how did you get back? Like, how did did affirmation get you back into to to be on that right track? That's a a real question, man. I I think it's, um, it's like one of those moments when, you really disappoint, like sort of like that figure you were describing, somebody yeah. who really lives out those those actions in a way that you really admire and respect, and you really mm-hmm. disappoint them. I think that that for me was like the turning point because, like I shared with you, there were definitely some choices uh, that um, that just weren't just weren't smart at the time as a teenager that I made, and knowing that I disappointed people like my mom or my father, um, I think. When they when they juxtapose like your behavior or actions in comparison to who they know you are, like yeah. it's the same conversation you might have with a mentee or a student of yours, like, uh, fam, this is not you. What you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then knowing that, man, these are people that have believed in you your entire life. Um, I think that that's what uh, like those affirmations, uh, you know, helped over time, and it's still something that I have to you know lean on from time to time today. Did so in college. Um, and refer back to because, like, I was at a a, a crux even before I joined Teach for America. Like, I almost yeah. didn't do it. I had got accepted and everything. Mm. Actually, my uh, my mother that sort of convinced me to do it at the time. Mm. Uh, when I, I had a, another good opportunity, I was working in the private sector, making much more money than I did at a te- as a teacher. <laughs> at a pretty reputable co- company. Folks were like, you could retire there. Um, mm. And I and like my plan was always to go into education. I just missed the TFA deadline in college, right? Like I was a, mm. a student doing too much. I had part-time jobs and internships, and I was in student organizations. I didn't have time to complete that whole uh, application for TFA. Long ass application. Long ass application. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. So I missed that bad boy, but you know, I had a good job after college, and then I would mm. go back to my neighborhood and teach. And uh, like I had some folks talking it down, but. Uh, and telling me, nah, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it for these reasons. Um, but my mother was the one who affirmed that decision. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the work that I'm in now had I not went into the classroom. Right, yeah. You know, I wouldn't be in my community. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even be living here. I, who knows what, how my life would be different. You know yes, I, yes. Like, we, have to, we have to, you know, interrogate those things. But I'm very, absolutely glad. And it was the best decision I could have made to go and teach them. Yeah. And, I, and I taught on the same street um, that I lived on as a kid in South Oak Cliff. I taught on Ain't that dope. That's dope, right? That's the yeah. same street I was a kid on. I went to the same grocery store. Like, I was in the neighborhood. So, yeah. Um, like, my mom's affirmations are things that I still sort of yield for, like, guidance today, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's what the podcast is going to be is going to be about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I don't never know the title of the podcast until I have conversations with people. And mm-hmm. to me, the podcast is how do you affirm people in order to help them to fulfill their purpose in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like those mm-hmm. affirmations stick with you. 
you yeah. know, they stick with you for a long time. Um, one of my favorite gifts for me is a card. You know, I love a good mm-hmm. card. I love a good thank you note um, mm-hmm. because those words are affirming that you see what I see, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just had a blessed weekend. You know, I went to go see Oprah and, uh, you know, and Amy Schumer over the weekend. <laughs> You just gonna drop that all. Just like, drop that like, shit. You I know, Oprah over the weekend. Over like, over the weekend. Texted me that. I said, "What?" I did. I texted Xavier. I said, "Yo, Oprah is coming to Dallas. You need to go." And you do. Um, it was a hundred eighty dollar ticket, but it could oh. I could have I could have easily paid three hundred for that ticket, and yeah. and and because it was literally a conference. Okay. It was from nine in the morning to three o'clock p.m. Of just her pouring into you. And one of the things she says, I can, I will watch me. I can, I will watch me. And that those three phrases of affirmation is, I could do this. I will do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Watch me do this, you know? And, and, And I don't think it's a form of watch me like that I'm all that, but it's a form of, I'm full of knowing who I am. I'm full mm-hmm. of knowing that the purpose that I have over my life um, will be fulfilled before mm-hmm. I get up out of here, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's what my role is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about your story more specifically is that you were very clear, and this is what I this is why I wanted you on the podcast because you were very clear about that purpose over your life. And I, and I think it, 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 a part of it is because of the, the affirmations that were given to you, right? And mm-hmm. who you can lean back on to, to like when you're struggling to know fully of who you are, that they're going to get you back when you're on that track, which, is, which was your mom. Like as mm-hmm. soon as you like went into that private sector, you know, of work, mm-hmm. making good money, your mom was like, and typically, black parents are like, hell nah, shit, stay in, stay in that job. I need you to eat, so your ass won't come back hey, to my house. <laughs> okay? Okay? But then when your mom said, no, go, in, go into teaching, you know, mm-hmm. that to me is very, very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And it affirmed your beliefs and purpose because mm-hmm. purpose is never about money or yeah. status. Absolutely. Purpose is about position. And where mm-hmm. you are positioned to mm-hmm. be able to serve. That's what mm-hmm. purpose is about. And Absolutely. you knew that your position of your purpose was not in that area. Mm-mm. Your purpose of position was in the school area. And mm-hmm. that's why you say, I don't know where I was going to, where I would be at today. Well, mm-hmm. because you shifted. And the yeah. thing is, is that I love what Oprah said. She said, it starts off first with a whisper. And mm-hmm. then that whisper then becomes a little bit louder. And then God starts throwing damn things around to get yeah. your attention. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. many of us do not listen to that whisper at the very beginning. Yeah, we, we know and, it. And what I hear from you is that you listen to that whisper. That mm-hmm. whisper came in. You didn't stay in that job three, four years or 10 years mm-hmm. and still don't know what you want to do in your purpose. Mm-hmm. You listened to that whisper a long time ago. I want you to, I, I mean, very, a long time ago and very early in stage. For our viewers and listeners, I always call them viewers, for our listeners, whoever they, you know, our You Go Boy podcast folks. Yeah. How did you position yourself to hear the whispering? Because for many people, 
I think that they hear the whispers. And even for me, I hear the whispers and I act on it, right? Mm-hmm. But what was that thing that was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, let me go this direction? Mm. You coming with it with the question. <laughs> you always have good questions. Thank you. And that, I think in that moment, it was, uh, it was easier to listen to the whisper because it was something I wanted to do. It was somebody I really trusted. Mm. Um, and she obviously stood apart from all the noise. But at the same time, even now, there are times where I hear particular whispers and I might still be hesitant, right? Or mm-hmm. it's, 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 you're operating out of fear because you don't want to put yourself out there. You, and whatever it might be to, that's, that's causing you concern. But I think for me in that moment, it came from somebody that I trusted. And um, yeah. It was it was it was purpose and passion and driven, right? It was mm-hmm. aligned with what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, and I and I really believed I could be good at it. You know, I didn't yeah. have to have that in my mind, but uh, like I, I don't want to say that 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 one time of listening to the whisper doesn't at all mean that I listen to the whisper every time. Every time, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. That whisper, it's, it's been a few. I'm like, oh lord, I don't know if I'm I'm ready to step out there on that. Yes, you know what I mean? like I get you, I definitely, yeah. yeah. So what I got from that is that God operates through people. Mm. And that's the most beautiful thing. And that's that, real. And that that whisper will come from someone that you mm-hmm. admire, that you trust. Mm-hmm. And so in order for you to get that whisper, you have to be able to surround yourself around people who understand that direction that God is taking you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then you get to starting to teach and this is where to me that 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 you know for me that first day of school is like oh shit you know what i mean (laughs) um but something critical happened in your first year of teaching um and i would love for you to share that moment of your first year when that critical moment happened um what you know share that share that with the audience members yeah absolutely so a month into teaching my uh my mom actually died so it was a month of the day. School started August 10th, and then September 10th, mm. uh, she died that that uh, that afternoon. So for me, you know, here's this uh, this uh, this figure in my life. Obviously, it's my mom, but the 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 main like confidant that I say I would rely on yeah. uh, for life decisions, such as mm-hmm. you know job transitions or whatever it was that I was doing. Uh, so for me. Um, you know, it was it was a critical moment for I mean for anybody to be in the classroom in your first few months, it's already a pretty emotional experience. Um, yeah. Uh, because you're you it's it's a pretty ta- if that is if you're really giving your all, it's a pretty taxing job, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're pouring into people all day. Um, so for me at that time, you know, it was incredibly hard. But it was you know it's a big part of her experience of growing up or not only growing up, but in living in like the under-resourced neighborhood that we lived in. Like her, she had multiple sclerosis and MS Mm -hmm. and it was uh, a pretty late diagnosis. Mm. Um, You know, it's easy to connect that to like systems, right? Like we we have limited access to healthcare, right? So what are the experiences of folks that are living in under-resourced neighborhoods when we don't have, you know, that access to to, uh, to healthcare? Mm -hmm. And really uh, like studied the disease now you can connect it to diet. You can connect it to, to stress and a whole host of different things. 
Yeah. And grew up in a food desert, right? Was, yeah. Um, and wow. then you look at her life, um, like the recession hit us hard. Like she didn't have a degree. So like the, the impacts of like being a black woman in a mm. patriarchal South during a recession, like you're up against mm. a, a lot already just by being a black woman. Yeah. Um, and then you add on the fact like she had stopped, she she lost her ability to walk about I would say three or four years before she passed. So when you add on disability to it, I just I know that she had experienced a lot, right? Mm. Um, so for me, like thinking about what we didn't have growing up, coupled with what she didn't have in the last mm. years of her life, I think it's something that as I make more meaning of my story, I'm recognizing like uh, it was her experiences that's really guiding me in, in terms of the mm. work that I'm doing, in terms of the sort of uh, the, the the thoughtfulness that I'm trying to. Yeah that I'm aspiring to take in my work as I work with people alongside yeah. folks in my neighborhood, because it's a lot of folks that, uh, whose story don't get, whose stories, and uh, I guess, uh, challenges don't necessarily get uplifted in the same way. Yeah. Um, and if you don't hear those stories, those solutions don't, don't get to the, to folks like my mom. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think uh, like, that's a big part of our organizing, right? Like making sure that the right strategies are informed by the right people uh, that are often not heard from yeah so my question is this it sounds like to me that affirmations are words right yeah and it sounds to me that your mom had always used her words and she said it sounds like to me that she knew that right mm -hmm. that no, she couldn't walk, but she knew that she could always use those words till that last moment. Would you say um, that's true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd say that's true. That's uh, good. Yeah, I definitely say that's true. And, oh, go ahead. No, keep on going. You go. I was going to say, she, she was the one who, who was straight. She was a straight shooter. <laughs> she was a straight shooter. She did not hold back. Um uh, she she just kept it one hundred with you, so yeah, I would definitely. Yes, that is. So a month after, right? Like you, your mom says, go in this direction. Yeah. Uh, you do it, and a month after, um, yeah. she passed, right? But I felt, but I felt affirmed even in even while I was there because, like, you know, after somebody there meaning passed, what? While I was in the classroom. Okay. Um, so after you know taking a few days, I took like Monday through Friday off. Uh, for the funeral arrangements, et cetera. I had come back that Sunday um, just to get my classroom ready. When I walk in, uh, like all of my boards, my bulletin boards, my, my whiteboard mm. my was covered with letters from my students. And they were all describing their experiences with death, right? Uh, whether mm. it be family members, whether it be friends, et cetera. So these weren't just like, hey, sorry, Mr. Henderson, hope you feel better. These are, you know, authentic, um, like They're stories. words again. Yeah, you know what I mean? Affirmation. So hear these affirmations bubbling yes. up from the youth, from 11 mm -hmm. and 12-year-olds in my classroom. Um, and we had only known each other a month. And I was like, man, these kids are showing love in a way that, um, that you don't even get from some folks you've known for years. So, yeah. Like, in that moment, too, I was like, nah, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, not necessarily in that school, right? I mean, obviously, I don't work in a school right now, but I'm still in the exact same neighborhood serving mm -hmm. up the exact same kids. Because uh, at our community center all the time, in fact. Uh, but I knew wow. that. I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I'm here, you know? Yeah. 
do you believe that your mom could have been behind students writing those words to you? Oh, mm, could have been, absolutely. She could have been, absolutely. Uh, Did you see some phrases or anything that kind of reminded you of? I think the there's no phrases that explicitly come to mind. Mm-hmm. But now that you ask it, like the warmth that I did get um, from reading those was this very similar warmth that you might, that I might wow. have from my mother, right? That's the sense of comfort uh, of knowing like, hey, Monday's not, it's not going to be bad. I'm going to be okay. Like I never, yeah. um, I didn't need another day. Not to say that needing another day would have been bad or anything, but I felt fine. <laughs> you said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt fine going back to being around my kids because at that moment I was like, oh, y'all, y'all like family, huh? Yes. Y'all, like okay okay you know what i'm saying like and they, that's and the kids connected on a different level at that point yes yeah. it was a deeper level connection it was, it, was, it was like this is my this is my community right mm-hmm. now right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's what i'm thinking about you know my friend one of my friends his mom just recently passed i'm sorry to hear that yes and um i reached out to him yesterday and it was like you know, one of the things he responded back to me, he said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to continue specifically like with my purpose mm. after my mom has left me, right? Yeah. For those, and I know that there are many people who listen to this podcast who no longer has have their mom, right? Mm-hmm. What words would you give people on, how, how did you bounce back? How did you get back to being Xavier who <coughs> understood his purpose mm-hmm. and perhaps even for a deeper meaning now because your your mom is your mom you know has has transitioned so mm-hmm. how did you bounce back and this is and and and, and be unapologetic I would say be unapologetic about you know how you bounce back because you know obviously yeah. yes there's different ways to do it but how did you do it we want to know how did you do it <laughs> yeah i mean for me it i didn't bounce back the right way like this really? advice i'm giving to myself now that i should have mm. taken then like of course the top thing that i want to say that finally helped me was therapy right but i didn't do that for like a year and a half later like mm. for me i think i redirected all of my energy towards working right Try, mm-hmm. trying to really do a lot of numbing things where I would numb by like incessantly lesson planning or at the same time I was enrolled in my grad programs or doing uh, research or whatever it was towards work, doing all the things mm-hmm. to not necessarily like grapple with, uh, with grieving or sitting in that morning. And, um, and I, those are things I wish I would have done a lot more immediate, but you know, everything is in God's timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the thing that I think that did eventually help me was, you know, for one, like I said there, and then secondly, uh, really understanding that, you know, grieving looks different for everybody and yes. there's the right way to do it. Uh, right. So whatever you feel like you need to do is what I guess you need to do. And maybe me putting my head down and working was my grieving at the time. And maybe that was what I needed to do. Uh, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not licensed to say anything like that. Yeah. But I just know that grieving, it just looks different from everybody. And that's some something, uh, uh, a colleague had told me at the time, and I'm glad that uh, it's it's really stuck with me. But mm-hmm. uh, I will say, like therapy was the one thing that, like after I finally, because that was my first time doing it, and uh, it was a, I think the January, February of like 2017. 
So this is a couple years later after my mom, right? But for those first those those couple of years, I wasn't I wasn't doing what I necessarily needed to do. Like self care was a was a, more of a pastime, like on weekends. Mm. Where I might have tried to prioritize it, uh, but now you know I'm still trying to maintain a lot of that in what I do uh, by having stronger routines in the morning and nights and on weekends, and um, having you know a lot more. Um, built in throughout my day at work too uh, because you know it does it's just sort of uh, built into just the yes. way I, I operate you know yeah yeah um, just to you know take care of myself because uh, man say when I say if, if I could do it all over again of course I, I would try to build those things in but like that, right after she passed I wasn't I, I can't say I was bouncing back like I, yes. I think was in a healthy way if that makes sense yeah yeah and, wow that's good. So I have about a couple of more questions. So not only did you just stop there with teaching, you had this energy <laughs> yeah. and this force to create something that would not only just impact what's happening inside of the classrooms, but impact an entire community. Yeah. So your idea, so so again, you are a co-founder, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of for Oakleaf, which is the community you grew up in, yeah. the community that your mom raised you in. Oh, your your mom raised you in Pleasant. In Pleasant Grove. But as far as born, we was in South Oakleaf. Okay. First year, but I but then I moved back in high school as well. But at the okay. same time, so all of my family is in Oakleaf too. Okay. But, um, they're like neighboring neighborhoods. I don't know what to compare it to up where you are, because I, I wouldn't say I know y'all's neighborhoods like that. Yeah. I, but, yeah. Um, but in yeah. Cleveland, I would say when it comes to Cleveland, yeah. I feel like uh, Fort Oak Cliff is like the St. Clair neighborhood or Collinwood area in, in Cle- or Glenville. I mean, literally, or, uh, or uh, Miles area. Like, literally in Cleveland, there's many areas that are similar to, okay. to Oak Cliff. From what I know about Oak Cliff, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very wow. simple. Yeah. And so you decided to start a partner with other black males and start a community mm-hmm. center called Four Oak Cliff. Yeah, yeah. What year did y'all start it? And tell me how did how did how did y'all begin this process and journey Absolutely. of getting there? So it technically started in 2015 with our first back to school festival. And uh in that year, uh, you know, as you might imagine as a teacher kids would show up to classrooms without school supplies. Mm-hmm. And uh, my co-founder, Taylor, wanted to have like a, a bash, a block party, uh, just for his school. So he started organizing, we started getting people together, his students, families, all kinds of people, my students, folks we knew, just everybody. And uh, what we didn't know is that it was just gonna sort of be this whole neighborhood thing. We did it at the park, of course, so it was for the whole neighborhood. And that first year we had like 1,500 people. And we do that every year. And this last year, we had about 6,000 people attend. So we, we've grown exponentially. Mm. It started as a festival. Um, two years into doing the festival, uh, we had a lot of conversations about, you know, making more like systemic change, right? Uh, recognizing, you know, the festival's cool, give some resources, but it, in essence, is a Band-Aid. It doesn't get mm-hmm. to root cause. So we had a lot of conversations with, you know, different folks in the neighborhood, different neighborhood associations, uh, different organizations across the city, and shoot, in some ways across the country, just to learn more about uh, some different 
ways to to impact uh, a zip code. Mm -hmm. um, but we wanted it to be unique to our zip code of 75216. Um, and from there, we really launched what we call like our 40 Cliff um, dual gen initiative. So we started working with like parents and kids where, and the dual gen is in essence, the idea that um, both uh, the, the kids are learning and their parents and yes. their adults are in their lives I love that. at the same time, right? So it could be their guardian, their aunt, their, whoever, the grandparent, but they're learning at the same time, responsive to their needs. So mm -hmm. at first we started trying to help folks get into like patient care technician jobs, right? There's a, mm -hmm. a lot of opportunities, it pays well. So that was like just what we were doing. We ran up against a barrier. A lot of the folks that we were working with couldn't, didn't qualify for those jobs. The reason mm. they didn't have a high school diploma or GED. So we started pulling some data, leveraging like our partners, asking the community college, hey, can you pull this data? Can you do this? Asking this organization called Commit to, to specify some things. And uh, we found out, um, you know, only 40% of the adults in our targeted area had uh, a high school diploma or GED. Mm. Uh, so it's like, oh, well, dang, a large majority of the folks here don't have that. Uh, so we wanted to have an ongoing GED class because there were none in our neighborhood. You would think that with so many people without one, they would have access to one. So we started building that. Um, and we've still, we still have that to this day. Uh, but if you fast forward a little bit, we built our community center in 2017, um, went after different funding. We got selected for this real estate award or the, uh, the real estate council. Uh, they have this leadership cohort and every year they select a project where they get $50,000. Mm -hmm. um, we, what we didn't know is, is that um, within their uh, cohort, they could raise money as a group. So that group ended up raising like up to like $400,000 to renovate our space. So we, wow. had, we had this space and it was like, uh, you should have seen it, Mario, before it was like old, dirty carpet. Um, oh, like the four Oak Cliff area was used to look like, like that our, in our community center. Yeah, that's wow. what it used to look like. Then we got that that four hundred thousand dollar award, and they gutted the place. And now it's like uh, it's beautiful glass uh, conference rooms, uh, painted like the they've they've changed it all. Next time you're in the city, I definitely uh, show you. I but, definitely um, need to. Yes, sound four K J. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a forty five hundred square foot space, and families in the na everybody in the neighborhood can come in and access resources from GED class to academic enrichment. Uh, to we have mental health uh, services where we partner with a couple of groups out here that'll give counseling sessions to families. Um, and then on top of that, we had a doctor that was coming. We we need a new doctor now, uh, but we did have a team coming from the hospital um, where they would see about five patients a month. If you didn't have health insurance, and if you were two hundred percent below the poverty line, they would see you for free. So we were, we were trying to build like this hub where service providers could incubate their work and embed programming, right? Uh, because we would talk to so many partners and they were like, well, we would love to help this neighborhood and community. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to build traction. Um, and we, our community center serves that. Um, wow. Where folks are getting the resources that they need. And, um, it's, a, it's amazing work, but it's place-based work. And if, if anybody out that's listening studies place-based work you know one part that some folks don't do is like their advocacy piece and that's mm -hmm. like policy change organizing and that's something that we recognize has to be central to what we do mm -hmm. um, because we need to ensure that you know decision makers policy makers our elected officials are listening to the actual neighborhood that they represent right and not just 
uh, up there doing talking about God knows what, doing whatever they want to. Yeah. So we started what we call the Liberators Fellowship. And uh, our Liberators Fellows are folks that are either living in the neighborhood or working in the neighborhood. Mm. Those are folks that are coming together that are uh, learning about school board policy, learning about the school board, the city council, the mayor, and then different ways that they can intervene and organize. So what does it look like to get involved with your school's uh, site-based decision-making committee? What does it look like um, to, to go to a, a trustee and sit down and advocate uh, around the issue? So trying to prepare uh, folks collectively because, you know, the, the, the neighborhood should hold the vision for itself, right? And that's something we firmly believe. So, like, our work is of course, responding to urgent and direct service needs, but at the same time, we're looking far down the road to ensure, like, uh, like our neighbors, the, the folks that that live here, um, are the ones that hold that vision. And yeah, you, you have to answer to the ones that are actually running for these positions and representing mm-hmm. the neighborhood too, because uh, you know that that's important. So, um, and, you know, the work is um, it's, it's it's a blessing to be a part of. Yes. Um, time it acts it comes with a lot too. Um I don't know if you saw this video, Mario, but there was this video on, uh, on Twitter that sort of started trending of the shooting at a basketball game. Did you see that? No, because I'm not on social media right now. I come back I come back today. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually not right now either. I got on because obviously we were talking about that. But yeah. there was a shooting at one of our neighborhood basketball games. Um and it was a 15-year-old who shot a, a 18-year-old. The 18-year-old is one of my partner's uh, students. He taught him mm. in middle school. And um, this past Saturday, they actually took him off life support uh, because uh, at that point, I guess they, they medically decided there was much else they could do. So wow. now you know, he's gone, right? And just a wow. few months ago, one of our students was uh, shot because he was robbing a pizza man about 45 minutes away from where we are up in North Dallas. Um, so we, we're still confronted with like the, the byproducts mm-hmm. of systemic oppression in mm-hmm. a very proximate way because we live in the neighborhood, we work here in the neighborhood, our family's here. Um, yeah. Generations, like my aunts are all here. My, my all friend the neighborhood and stuff. Still yeah. Here, so. yeah. Like it's very close. You know what I'm saying? We all still yeah. So when we see stuff like that, it's a, it's a reminder, like we still ain't doing enough. And, um, we still need yeah. more over here. Um, yeah. so it's a blessing, but at the same time, it's it's we still experiencing some trauma over here, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's something that we're we're trying to we're trying to grapple with every day. Yeah. Two more questions, because uh, we're almost out of time. That was oh, yeah. very good at really synthesizing, in a in a way of how you know your your organization um, impacts the community. You know, one. Um, how are you able to, I, I heard earlier you were talking about practicing self-care yeah. and in this work, it is, it's a lot, you know, even, you know, with us, we, you know, profound general, I was talking about how like we take on a, a sense of a, the burden of our guys when they are experiencing this heaviness of who they are as people. And we help them to synthesize that and be able to find their purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that work can be heavy. Um, but, because we deal with a lot of times adults we're able to go home and sometimes hang it up, you know, but for you, how are you able? Cause I know there are one, we know for sure that this work has to be sustainable, right? And you have to sustain yourself in order for it to last a long time. How are you Mm -hmm. particularly 
taking care of yourself so that you're able to be quote unquote in this fight yeah. um, for a good period of time. Yeah, that's real. Um, well, like earlier I had mentioned like routines and that's something yeah. that I started back in May. Back in May, uh, I fasted the whole month and um, like what came out of that is that every day I wake up at about 4.30 in the morning and uh, from there. Oh, that was like, true. I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been doing, that's why I work out now. Like, so Monday yeah. through Friday, I'm getting up at 4.30. I read my devotional. From there, I go to, I go to uh, the gym. I'm at the gym for about an hour, 20 minutes or whatever. And then I come back home, shower, uh, read my Bible, I pray, I journal, meditate. Um, and then, of course, I might wash some dishes and clean up or something. But I'm still, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Then I get to work and it's only about 830, 815, 830. I'm like, damn, I did a lot today. And it's only like 830 in the morning. That's so why I, mean, I got to do better at starting to get up a little bit more early. I get yeah. up at like seven. I need to get up at like six. I ain't going to say 530, four o'clock. Go ahead and try that 530. It ain't nah, that bad. That's some bullshit. Like, <laughs> listen. <laughs> no, like, listen how you said, like, uh, everything is different for everybody. Listen, yeah, that's me waking right. up is different yeah. for, listen, uh, like, like I used to, I wake up at seven. I need to get back to six o'clock. Because yeah. when I wake up at six, I do feel like, okay, I'm getting a lot done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think I could definitely make that happen. Right. This was great. How can right. people, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, you can email me at Xavier.Henderson uh, at fourclip.org. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. It's at I M X A H. So those are my initials. Yes. I M X A H. But uh, yeah, you can hit me up online, uh, DM me. Uh, I follow back, email me. However, you like to connect, that's cool. Um, yes. That's it. Um, I, I say that'd be best. Or go through Mario, hit him up. No <laughs> bullshit. Hell no, nah, shit. Y'all go directly <laughs> to his ass. I am not his assistant. You do not pay me. <laughs> Then you don't pay me to do this. <laughs> I got my own assistant, and I got like, come on, <laughs> you know how it is. Everybody too. ain't able. Everybody ain't able. Listen, yes, an right? Blessing right now. <laughs> I, I think you, you was telling me you were thinking about, you know, having because it just yeah, seems so bougie, but it really is. Really you know, isn't. but the thing is, every everybody that we're connecting with or that we're having meetings with have assistants that are setting up their meetings. Yeah, and it's like, Lord, I wish we had somebody doing that because just meeting setting up is like. Well, I use Calendly for meeting setup because I just yeah. prefer it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but my assistant helps with my help help helps with my calendar and helps me to. The biggest thing my assistant does is like serve as a thought partner for me. Like Absolutely. I'm bouncing ideas off of him all the time um and at first i was like oh hell no i'm not gonna assist i don't care how big this organization get i could do it year three of profile gym i was like okay i need it you know what i mean but it was just like i i think you know humble and you know i love oprah say it's the difference between humble and stupid you know, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a thin line between humble and stupid. Oh, you know? and so like, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I love it because that I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, because sometimes I, oh, I want to be humble. No, 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 that's stupid. You need an assistant, you know? Yeah, um, that's real. So don't be stupid, Xavier. I won't be. Look, year 2020, 
That's real. I appreciate you. I love you. All of the course. times that you know I appreciate you. Love you too. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and we thank you. thank you for having me, man. Yes, we're real friends, you guys. Like me and Xavier yeah. talk almost every single day. Um, and 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 every time I hear a story, I'm even much more fascinated. Um, and much more appreciative that God has given me an uh, individual that I can know, uh, that I could trust, um, mm-hmm. that is doing the work that I admire. Like, I, if we had more time, I would have been like, how do you do all of this stuff and be in a relationship? Like, mm-hmm. I, I ask everybody that question because it just fascinates me because I'm like, there's no way. And, and I'm beginning to learn, too, that time is the thing that I'm that I try to control the most and I don't like to get into, we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to yeah. get too much into that um, <laughs> it, for the sake of time. And I don't want to talk about it right now, but, um, but, but I, yeah. um, I always talk to, to Xavier about just different career moves um, that I'm making. There is one more question I do want to ask you um, that I just think you got it. that is just so um, uh powerful for me is uh when is the last time uh you heard a whisper and you operated or obeyed that whisper and Mm. to achieve a result like when is the last time you heard that whisper that voice in your head and you say you know what i'm gonna just do it even though it scares me i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna make it happen when is the last time it has happened for you the last time it happened was when we secured the funding for me to be full-time at Floral Cliff yeah. and uh, leave the security of my job at Teach for America. I would say that was the last time I heard that whisper. And um, it was, yeah, I followed it. I followed it with no no doubts or anything. I was like, oh, yes. no, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take this uh, step out on faith. And uh, it, I've, I've been thankful ever since. It's been very rewarding in so many different ways, not necessarily awesome. financially, just in terms of being in alignment with my purpose. Yeah. Yeah, man, that whisper, I was so glad that I followed it. That was a whole um, year ago. It'll be a year ago that I've been full-time and, and, and within our venture uh, in about a week or two. So really? A blessing. I'm yeah. glad to be able to to interview you before you go get too popular and stuff. Um, <laughs> and it's so dope because, you know, you also bought a house. Yes, time. Yep, yep. Um, I helped him to curate like his ideas for his plants. Absolutely. Um, got the plant, got got my foliage on point in here. Yes, and yes. Got my ZZ plants, my petri, my, uh, my succulents all up in his thing. Yes, yeah, I did. Like I, he was my little uh do people know Xavier was my actually my first client. Um <laughs> used my first client, yeah, for for um for the uh uh for my plant business which is drawing a blank of the name of it uh messy roots messy roots you gotta edit um, that in <laughs> yes yes okay listen please hire me it, springtime is coming although it's cold um but again yes i'm just so grateful to have this conversation and you guys have been listening to you go boy podcast um subscribe please subscribe and tell a friend and comment and rate um, we have, uh, you know, a five-star rating, 
which I'm Come on, five star rating. Listen, yeah. Okay. It's a five star um, show. But I think it's, it's like only like three people that rate it. Probably my sister, my mom, not your mom, not your sister. So please, everybody else rate and um, get our numbers up so that more people will be able to listen to this podcast and appreciate the gems that have uh, been dropped, just like you just heard from Xavier. So you guys, again, have been listening to Eagle Boy Podcast. Have a good week. Hey, bye, y'all. Thank you.